Hi, I'm Dr. Amy Robbins and welcome to Life, Death and the Space Between podcast. I'm a licensed clinical psychologist and medium. And here we explore life, death, consciousness and what it all means. As you all know, I love to tackle subjects that we've talked about before from a different angle, and today is no different. I have Joanne DiMaggio. She has been professionally pursuing past life research and therapy for nearly 35 years. She has been actively involved with Edgar Cayce's Association for Research and Enlightenment, ARE, since 1987. The author of several books, Joanne has had numerous articles published and has given talks on the subject of past life exploration, the pre-life planning session, and soul writing to global audiences. In addition, she's been a guest on nearly 100 radio programs and podcasts. So maybe we're 101 now. (laughs) Welcome, Joanne. Hi, Amy. It's great to be with you. Thank you so much for everybody who has supported the podcast. So there's so many ways you can support the podcast and the work that I'm doing. One, you can spread the word about the podcast. So share the podcast with someone you know, repost my anything on social media. If you are a therapist listening to the podcast and you have a client who you think would benefit, share it with them. This podcast has grown completely organic. It is all because of you all sharing the podcast. And we are coming up on a million downloads, which is amazing. Other ways that you can support the podcast is through Patreon. So if you would like to become a patron, you can go to Patreon, put in Dr. Amy Robbins. You can find different tiers to support the podcast at the five, 10 or $20 level or any other denomination. And my $20 supporters do get once quarterly Zoom calls with me. They've been fabulous. If you benefit from the podcast, if your life has shifted or changed as a result of the podcast, please help me continue to help you have on these great guests. Also follow me on Instagram, Dr. Amy Robbins. I love hearing from my listeners, trying to do my best to be quick to respond. And lastly, rate, review, and subscribe. I also love reading the reviews. So you can rate the podcast, but you can also review the podcast. Thank you all for all of your support, for all of your love, for all of your helping to collectively raise the consciousness of this planet. I am so incredibly grateful. So there's a few things that I'd love to dig into, but the first thing I wanted to talk about was really what drew me to your work. Um, You have your book, Your Soul Remembers, which is an older book, but it's accessing accessing your past lives through soul writing. And the concept of soul writing is something I really want to dig into So my listeners can understand what that is and how it can benefit them. Sure. Well, um, soul writing was the subject of my thesis for my master's degree, and it grew out of the uh, Edgar Cayce readings. For those of your listeners who are not familiar, Edgar Cayce is considered one of the most renowned psychics uh, of the 20th century. He had a lot of writers who came to him to ask him you know, what they could do to deepen their writing. And um, he talked about inspirational writing. I looked at that and as a writer myself, I really wanted to dig deeper into what he was talking about. What exactly was that? Uh, After doing all the research for my thesis, I, I thought, well, what's an easy way to explain this to somebody? 
And I decided that the best way to explain it was to just say it's a written form of meditation. Mm. So if you think about prayer is you talking to God, uh, meditation is God talking to you, soul writing is you taking notes. <laughs> I yeah. like that. Yeah. So it's a 24 seven transformational tool that we were given when we became humans. And its purpose is to enable us to connect to a higher level of self or source or angel or ascended master or, or guide or whoever you believe is on, a, on that higher plane uh, there to assist you. And you can ask any question you want. So it's, it's just a written form of meditation. It gives you a profound connection to the divine within you know, to the core of your being and enables you to tap into that collective consciousness where answers to all of life and death's questions can be found. So it's extremely powerful. So how does it differ from like connecting to Akashic records or, um, and, and how do you, while you're in meditation, are you just writing as whatever's coming to you is coming to you? Like, what does this look like? And how can people kind of implement this in their life? Since it is a written form of meditation, you would use the same tools that you would when you're meditating. All right. So the first thing is you find a sacred place, some place that, um, that has the aesthetic qualities that are most conducive to your connection to spirit. Then you set the stage. You just surround yourself with some reminders of your spiritual journey that could be different pictures or incense or bells or some something like that. Um, when you're first starting out, I recommend you do it the same time in the same place. That just sets up a habit. Spirits knows that you're going to arrive at a certain time to do the writing. Um, you can choose between doing it uh, by hand uh, with a pen, which I prefer or using a, a keyboard. The only, the only problem with the keyboard use is that you, you usually have your eyes halfway closed when you're doing this writing. And if you shift over a little bit and you're on a keyboard, you may get gibberish. And mm -hmm. so I always do it by hand. I like the feel of the, I like the feel of the message, the power coming through me throughout the hand and on the paper. Focus on a question. Think about what's troubling you. There's all kinds of ways you can can use this um the more profound the question the more profound the answer will be and then get ready to write you just allow the pen to be poised uh over the paper uh, one thing i did forget to say was you should say a prayer of protection always surround yourself with white light make sure that you're safe uh w when you're doing this and then just allow the message to proceed so some people i tell them you know just start to make some ovals and then a letter will come out of it, an E, an L, an M. That's how it started for me. It's always good to sort of wait and read it a little bit later because it always, it's like a fine wine. It, it embellishes the message as you, as, you, as you wait. As far as how, how do you apply it to life, there's all kinds of ways that you can use it to enhance your psychic abilities. You could use it for past life exploration, which is what I wrote about in the book that you read. You can use it for guidance on a specific topic. Like if you want to say, um, can you explain to me what synchronicity is? The spirit world will guide or whatever will tell it, mm. tell it to you. You can use it in various art forms. I used it to create some greeting cards. I was 
meditating on a famous quotation. And then out of that came a verse that mm-hmm. I used for a set of greeting cards. You can explore esoteric philosophies. I did that. What's interesting about this writing is that the answers that you get, um, it's almost as if there are teachers on the other side and that depending on the question that you ask, that teacher will come forward. So mm-hmm. I asked once, what's the difference between the universal laws and the Ten Commandments? I had a whole different energy come through to explain that to me, you know, as opposed to if I was writing about, you know, asking a question about my soul's growth, or if I was looking into doing some psychoanalysis and healing. The beauty of soul writing is that it can be as esoteric as you want. You can go as deep, take a deep plunge into the more profound questions of life, or, you know, you could use it in more mainstream. I had a professor at Virginia Commonwealth University who told me that uh, she read my book on soul writing and she um, attributes what she read and her practice of soul writing to helping her heal her breast cancer. She teaches social work students at the university and she wanted to bring the soul writing into the university on a much a little bit more of a mainstream level mm-hmm. and then um, enable them to teach when they graduate to use that tool with their clients with, uh, and, and enable them to, to dig a little deep. There's a lot of research about how it's used in a therapeutic practice. Uh, so it has many, many, many uses and you can also use it to be in service to others. Once you master it, if you choose Uh, If you have a really strong connection, you can use it and get messages on behalf of other people. And I do that in some of my past life regressions when when the session is over. If my client wants to go deeper, we tack on the soul writing to the regression because then with the soul writing, we can get the backstory. We can get questions answered that weren't answered in the actual regression. Uh, so, because what's the difference then? Like when they're, when they're going into a regression, mm-hmm. they're seeing, right. They're seeing their life as it was, as it ended, but perhaps they have a question about like, why were they in a relationship with X person or what you know, was that about? Or you can't get everything about an entire lifetime in the course of an hour and a half, two hour session. So they may have some, some things may have been left blank, you know, especially if they don't see anything at all about their biological family, like their, their parents, some people, they don't see anybody else in the session, in the regression, except themselves and maybe one other person. But we know that they had to have a lot of people around them, you know, who are members of their soul family. Uh, why did that happen? What was, what's the backstory that we didn't get? So that it, it just fills in the blanks basically, or it could provide them with guidance because many of them say, you know, well, this is all well and good, but now what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed right. to do with this information? And the soul writing can offer that guidance and it, it, it really helps them to look at things from a different perspective. And that's where these aha moments come in. Mm. You know, and that's why I say that many times the soul writing is more, pro- more profound, more powerful than the actual regression because people get these, the light bulbs go off. They're able to understand the connection between the two lives, the one they're leading now and the one they had before. And, or else they're able to understand the relationship that they have with somebody in their life now who had been in their life before. 
You know, what role are they playing now in their life and why did they come in with them? So it's enormously beneficial. And I have had so many people do a sigh of relief. It's almost like, oh, now I get it. Now I understand. Now I see the connection. And that in and of itself is tremendously healing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What is the difference then between this soul writing and automatic writing. I know you talk about this a bit in the book, and I think people talk about automatic writing a lot. I do as well, but I never realized there might be a difference. I didn't either. I didn't. And I've been doing this sort of writing since I was about nine years old and didn't even realize I was doing it. I thought it was automatic writing. Uh, Turns out that it wasn't. And I didn't find that out until like the 1990s when I Uh, went to an ARE conference on how to be your own psychic and they had a booklet out uh, on the dangerous doorways of of developing your psychic abilities and automatic writing and Ouija board were like number one and number two and I was Mm. Edgar Casey warned a lot about the dangers of automatic writing and there are case studies of people coming to the ARE uh, who had gotten in trouble with automatic writing. Uh, and the biggest concern was possession because you're opening yourself up to who knows what is out there, right? And if you don't use the prayer of protection and use that white light, surround yourself and protect you, you don't know what level of energy is coming through. So some lower level influences could kind of sneak in there. Soul writing is coming from within. So the information is coming you know, from above through you, through your soul and out into your hand and on the paper. With automatic writing, it's coming from an outside source, Hmm. not necessarily from a divine source. But with soul writing, you're doing the meditation and the prayer beforehand. With automatic writing, people generally do not do that stuff. Uh, With soul writing, there's total awareness of what you're writing. With automatic writing, many people don't have any awareness of what they're writing. They're just going along, going along, going along, and then they read it and they go, oh, with soul writing, you know what, what you're, you have that awareness. With soul writing, you're consciously watching as the writing is proceeding. With automatic writing, sometimes you don't have any control of your hand whatsoever. It's just going off by itself. Um, mm. With soul writing, your handwriting is the same as it is when you're in a conscious state. But with automatic writing, um, your handwriting is often different. Uh, and I think the biggest thing is... Um, that soul writing, your soul is being guided through soul writing. Uh, it's being nudged, very gently nudged. With automatic writing, it seems like your soul is being directed. It's like you're being told, do this. My biggest way of knowing the difference between the two is whether it's written with the collective we. Like when I'm doing the writing and I'm connecting with my friends upstairs, they'll go, we are with you always in love and enlightened. So it's always the we, the collective consciousness that's coming. Mm. With automatic writing, it's the ego I, you know, I am here. I am telling you what to do. I am giving you advice. I, you know, whatever, however it's written. So those are basically the the main differences between the two. How does it differ from channeling? It's not, it doesn't, it is channeling. Okay. It's a form of channeling. Gotcha. It's a written form of channeling, I guess you would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I- Hi, everybody. I have a new offering that a few of you have taken advantage of so far, and it is a spiritual consultation. So, so many of you had reached out to me with like questions or wanting to know how to open up more, wanting to know, you know, what you should do in this area of your life or that area of your life that I thought I would just 
try to offer a new way to connect with me. So these are spiritual consultations. They can be 30 minutes, an hour, an hour and a half. And in that time, we talk about kind of what questions you have, whether it's about opening up more spiritually, whether it's about something in your life. And we really kind of come to an understanding and a conclusion about what the next steps you need to take to achieve that are. Again, this is new to me. I've done a few of them. They are phenomenal. I am so enjoying them. It is not a therapy session. Be clear. It is not a therapy session. It is not a medium reading. It is somewhere in between. So it is using, we, we incorporate meditation and intuition and um, manifestation and intention and all of this in like a very brief period of time, but it has been extremely powerful. And the people that I, I believe that have done it have walked away feeling like they really had something tangible that they could carry with them and um, help them move their life forward. So if this is something you're interested in, please reach out to me. I don't have a lot of um, spots for them. So I'm only doing maybe one or two a month, but um, really keeping a wait list for those who are interested. So you can find that on my website if you want to dramyrobbins.com and you can go on there and click on spiritual consultation and I will get you scheduled. It might be a month or two out, but I am I'm trying to get everybody who's interested in. So Go ahead and check that out. If you have any questions, just email me about it through the website as well. And and how do you know that the, I think that this is a question a lot of people struggle with, and maybe it doesn't even matter all that much, that the information that is coming through is from source and not from your made up mind. The biggest explanation for that is people will say after they read what they wrote, I never would have written that in a conscious state. Mm. And I can tell you that from my own experience. When I asked that question about what's the difference between universal laws and the Ten mm-hmm. Commandments. Yeah, I'm curious about that, the response, actually. The response that I got, and this was over a two-week period. It was almost like I was sitting in a classroom and every time I check in, we'd work on a different commandment. But that's all in my book, uh, Soul Writing, my first book. It's like an Oreo cookie, okay? So the beginning of the message is like, hi, so glad you're here, blah, blah, blah. The meat of the message comes in the middle and then the, the back end of it is, is like kind of winding down, you know? And you know, you could feel the, the difference. When I asked that question, what's the difference between, autom- between universal laws and the Ten Commandments? The answer I got was, there is no universal law that begins thou shalt not. Mm. I never, ever would have written that in a conscious state. It never, mm. would never have even have come into my mind. Uh, and you see that throughout the writing because people will say, I never thought of that that way. Um, they know it's coming from a higher source. Famous people uh, talk about their source of inspiration, like great writers, great composers, Mozart, you know, they all say the same thing. It's like, They all go into some sort of a trance or some sort of a meditative state before they begin their work. And then they say, I know I'm getting help from, from usually they say from God or, or, you know, or source or whatever. And they say, I don't know where this is coming from, but it's, it's here. And they, they, they're the first ones to admit, you know, that, that this was something that was above and beyond what they would normally do in a conscious state. 
that's why it's so powerful because it, uh, because people realize I'm getting help. There's somebody, it's almost like having this, I always like to say it's a 24 seven phone home card. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, it's as it's as if when you were getting ready to come to the earth, you were a little soul with your little backpack on because you're coming to the school called Earth. And spirit puts says, wait before you go here. It gives you this little card and says you can reach us 24 hours a day, seven days a week. There'll always be somebody here to talk to you, to help you with any problem that you're dealing with. Well, and I can see, it seems, I, I can really see and understand how it would be a great adjunct to therapy, just in terms of right. being able to access some of those deeper parts of ourselves, if you can let go consciously that we're often defended against and really tap into that more um, pure, to the pure soul of who we are. Right. It's going to that place deep within where only answers lie. Because we have, we've been given all the tools that we need. Mm-hmm. We just don't remember, or we don't know, we don't remember how to use them. And this to me is one of the most powerful things. And it's not something that you need special talent or skill for. Um, anybody can do it uh, and do it successfully. Most do it on, on their first try. Mm. People who are more left brain, uh, more analytical, uh, they're the most shocked when they do this writing because, you know, they'll, they're the first to admit, I never write something like this. You know, if you get a someone who's a lawyer or, or somebody who's a uh, accountant or somebody who is used to different thinking process, and then they, they do this writing, they, they are really profoundly affected by it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can we talk just a bit about pre-life planning sessions and what what that looks like and what you've learned about those in your work? Sure. I did a a research study on, uh, I had read all of Dr. Michael Newton's work on life between lives. I had not incorporated that into my regression practice. I've been doing past life regressions now for over 35 years. So I had a lot of clients who came to me for a regression, they would say, you know, all of my problems are because of my mother or because of my husband or because of my children. They were blaming other people. And I thought, no, you you kind of set this up for yourself. Mm. And then I had a lot of people who were terrified of death. And that was especially prevalent during COVID, beginning of COVID. So I wanted to develop a research project in which we would examine all of those things. So I brought together 25 volunteers. Uh, their average age was 62 years old. Mm. We did a regression first, and then I took them from the regression into their life between life planning session. I asked them questions like, what does it feel like to die? I uh, asked them, uh, what is it like when you get to the afterlife? Is there a gateway like St. Peter with the pearly gates? Is that real? Is there a welcome home committee? Do you have any kind of a debriefing session? Uh, What does your spirit home actually look like? And then we talked a lot about appearing before the council of elders. These are the equivalent of guidance counselors at school. Mm -hmm. 
they have access to all of your past lives. It's almost like they've got your report cards out, right? And you work with them and you go, okay, what lessons didn't I quite get? What, what do I need to take on? And that was why we did the past life regression because we wanted to zero in on the lifetime in which issues came up that they were working on in the here and now. So they appear before the Council of Elders. I ask them, what does the council chamber look like? How many elders are there? And then what advice do you get? They list their karmic issues. They list their karmic attributes. And, and I ask them, what is your soul's ideal? You know, what, what's, what's your hope? What's your mission? Why are you here? Why did you come to earth? And then we look at their members of their soul family who came in with them. You know, why did you choose your parents? Because we do choose our mother and father for whatever reasons. For We take into consideration the socioeconomic conditions we're going to be born into, the, the religion we'll be raised in, uh, the, you know, all of that, the country we were living in. And then after the parents, we go into our soul family. So these, you know, we travel together as a soul pod. So the same souls that are in your life now have been with you since the beginning of time. We just change roles and we change genders. So your mother in this life could have been your husband in a previous life. Uh, so we, we look at that. We Like who, who said they're going to come in with you and why? That helps a lot with forgiveness issues, believe it or not, because you can, once you see that they came to either, to, they may come to challenge you, but they do so with love because they want to help you grow. They want to help you deal with the issue that you, that you decided to work on. Then we talk a little bit about why did you pick the body that you have now? Mm-hmm. You know, how did you pick it? Uh, why did you want to be female? Why did you want to be male? And then do you get any memory triggers given to you things that once you be once you get on earth you'll remember certain things like for me it was 18th anything with the 18th century uh as a child even i I resonated to that from Mm. the beginning and that's a memory trigger so there are things that like their deja vu experiences things like that i asked them what was your desire how how strong was your desire to incarnate again uh and then they got on board and came back uh, into this life. But it gave them a real understanding about why their life was the way that it is or is the way that it is. And they realized that they made those decisions themselves. Now we have free will and you can always change the trajectory that you're on if you choose to. You set in motion certain circumstances that will enable your soul to deal with the issue from that past life that's unfinished business that you brought in with you. And I wrote it, it's in my book. Uh, I did it to myself again. <laughs> can you, can you answer those questions through soul writing or no, you really need. Um... Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. If you, like I said, the more profound the question, the more profound the answer. So mm-hmm. uh, if a person wants to know, why did I choose my mother to be my mother in this life? Certainly you could get that answer in the soul. Mm. Yeah, there's almost nothing the soul writing doesn't address. Hmm. Um, um, I did add soul writing to this particular project because the project was so long. You know, the the sessions were like three hours and most people people get um, tired or they're overwhelmed. They're processing, processing, processing and and they want to come back. 
But I encourage them on their own, uh, but anybody could do it at any time. So, so is a pre-life planning session the same thing as between life? It is. Okay. So they're, they're used interchangeably. Can we do, before we wrap up, a quick little speed round questions? These are just some fun questions. I think it's fun for listeners to hear other aspects of my uh, interviewer. Spirituality means? Connecting to a higher source. What is something most people don't know about you? <laughs> that I was president of a Beatles fan club. Oh, <laughs> what is one thing you are really looking forward to right now? Teaching my first certification course in soul writing through the ARE in July. What is one thing you're deeply grateful for? right now? My beautiful children and grandchildren. What book is on your nightstand? Oh, A Woman's History of the Beatles. You really do love the Beatles. I'm working on a book on the Beatles right now, on the Beatles and spirituality. Huh. It's called The Inner Light. Interesting. What is your favorite spiritual or healing practice? Soul writing. What has been the most transformative experience of your life? Meeting someone who knew me in a previous lifetime, mm. someone dear. Wow. And did you know that you knew them because of the connection or because of a regression? Well, um, we had a mutual friend who was a past life therapist uh, who knew each of our previous lifetimes. She connected us. And so then she did a joint regression on the two of us. And, uh, and I was able to ask questions of this person and she made comments and I, we knew there was no way to deny that we knew each other in the, the 18th century. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty powerful. I've never experienced anything like that since. Have any of your clients ever experienced anything like that? Um, yeah, they recognize people from previous lifetimes that are in their life now. Uh, and they recognize patterns they're repeating. Well, Joanne, thank you so much today for sharing this new piece of this new tool with my listeners. I think they'll definitely benefit from it. If people want to learn more about you and your work, where can they find you? I invite them to come to my website, which is joannedamaggio.com. Well, thank you so much for imparting this wisdom on us today. Thanks, Amy. I enjoyed every moment of it. Like what you heard today and want to hear more? Wondering what comes next and what it all means? Head over to Apple Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or anywhere you get your podcasts and hit subscribe. Also, if you could take a minute to rate and review my podcast, I would really appreciate it. Stay tuned as we continue to explore life, death, and the space between.